Okay, I call to order this public safety meeting Wednesday, January 18th, 2023 at 1730. Uh, roll call. Assembly member Potter. Let's see if we've got her on the line. Yeah, we'll come back. Uh, Wait, sorry, I'm here. I hit a wrong button. There she is. Hey, Deb. Hey, present present via Zoom is what I meant to say. All right. Uh, Hanson? Present. All right. And Bass, present. We'll go to approval of agenda. Um, I would like to make a motion that we add one, add an item to the agenda. What's the item? Well, I want to add uh, between three and four, basically 3.5 reports. And then we're going to ask the chiefs to speak if they'd like to. Uh, Mr. Steiner and the mayor would like to come in and give us uh, a few updates. And then we'll move on to uh, hear citizens present. I move we amend the agenda to add um, an ad uh, reports. reports from the mayor and from the clinic director. Second. Right. Motion and a second. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Motion carries. We've added this item to the agenda. All right. Then we would uh, consider a motion to approve the agenda as is. A move to approve the agenda as amended. Second. 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 All right, we got a motion and a second. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Okay. Motion carries. Agenda is amended. All right. On now to item 3.5 reports. I'm going to ask uh, Chief Reddick uh, to give us a quick update on our uh, current situation, please. Uh, current situation, as we all know, we've lost two of our uh, community members. Uh, both of those deaths at this time are going to be considered suspicion of overdose until we get a confirmation from the medical examiner's office. It's going to be an open investigation. During the course of this investigation, we have recovered some suspected fentanyl pills. We have been in contact with both the CCAD, which is the Southeast Drug Task Force, the district attorney's office and numerous other entities as far as Juno, Haynes. So this is a widespread situation where we're trying to keep everybody abreast of what's going on. So uh, during this ongoing investigation, we'll be interviewing lots of uh, community members that have been around during the course of these actions. And hopefully we will have answers soon for everybody. Great. Thank you, Chief. All right. Um, I'd like to ask uh, Mr. Steiner from the clinic, if he's available, come up and, and just give us a quick update on uh, capacities and uh, response capabilities, et cetera. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with y'all. Um, 
Uh, speaking on behalf of, of the clinic, please know that our mission is to provide health and wellness to this community. We are not here to judge. And I think my colleagues around this room would, would agree with that as well. Going back to 2017, I, I want to applaud John Hisher and Esty Fielding for their work. Um, they recognized that there was a problem in uh, this world that we have and in, in coming to this community and started distributing Narcan kits and later fentanyl strips and uh, to the bars, restaurants, parks and recreations and, and any business that would, would welcome it. And that still is today. If there is a business or organization out there that would like to have Narcan kits, please get in touch with us. We would love to provide that. Um, John is a substance abuse counselor um, and is, is away from the community at this point in time. We are engaged with another behavioral health person who will be here the first week of March. She, too, is a substance abuse counselor. And... While we are in what's called a post-pandemic state, our emotional health is not post-pandemic. If anyone is hurting, please reach out. Please reach out. Um, we're actively talking with our colleagues in the police department and the fire department to find neutral sites for individuals to be able to go out and get Narcan kits. Um uh, Chief Reddick has done a, a great job. Um, Chief Rauscher has done a great job. But we, we recognize that there may be some hesitancy to come to the clinic to get a Narcan kit. I promise you we're not here to judge. Um, but we want to find some neutral sites. And, and I, I have no authority to offer it. So these are just ideas. Say, say a gas station, a grocery store, a library, someplace that is neutral that someone can come to and get a kit. Um, if there are businesses out there that would like to be offering that service, we will supply it. We'll supply the education. Um, I applaud Chief Rauscher, um earlier today. She was saying um, that, you know, even when we do CPR classes, maybe we tie Narcan education with that. So when you come for a CPR class, we give you a Narcan kit, give you the instructions on how to do it. Um, we want as many people in our community who may need this or may be near someone who needs it to have it in their hands. If you see anything, and I'm sure Chief is going to speak to this, and, and, and everyone will as well. If you see something that looks like a pill, please don't touch it. Please don't touch it. Um, if you have gloves on, uh, you know, please call somebody. I don't want anyone in harm's way. If you have expired medications, even if it is just regular medications, please do not put it into our sewer systems. Please do not throw it away. Um, we, we don't want it in our wastewater, and we certainly don't want to, to put our friends in public works in harm's way by handling trash or incinerators. So please, if you have medications, um, the police station has a drop-off box. The clinic has a drop-off box. You can come by the clinic and get a, a, a drug destruction kit. Um, uh, and, and it will, it will break down your, your, your drugs. We will give it to you. Just come by and pick it up. Um, 
And if you do happen to have expired Narcan, and I think Megan may speak to this as well, uh, don't dispose of it. Even expired Narcan has some value, especially if there's nothing else there. So please know that we're not here to judge. The two chiefs up here have just been stellar for this community, and, and we want to applaud them and be a great support. Mr. Steiner, just real quickly, how's our inventory of the Narcan? Do we have a good supply? Are we? I think Megan coming in today was bringing in 200 test strips and some uh, Narcan as well. And the mental health, uh, the phone numbers, those are available? To, uh, Correct, and that's a national number uh, for mental health. I believe it's 988. Um, please use that at any point in time. Please reach out to your neighbors. Please reach out to us. Mr. Steiner, thank you. Yes, sir. Okay. And now, if the uh, if the mayor would, uh, we'd ask him to um, maybe come up, say a few words, and. Um, Uh, give you a quick update. Uh, so obviously we're dealing with uh, some pretty significant mental health issues perhaps in town. So been spending a lot of time over the past couple of days making sure that we had an adequate response here. Um, I made a few phone calls uh, really less than 48 hours ago and 40 people around the state responded yesterday with a phone call. Uh, that included members of the Department of Health, uh, search, a number of other agencies around the state. Uh, it was very moving to have such a response. They immediately got Megan on a plane here. Uh, I do have the authority to make sure that we have kits in our businesses and in our buildings. And so tomorrow we're going around to distribute them. And I've reached out to a number of businesses, including some of the bars, social clubs. I uh, talked to the manager about getting them in the departments. And these kits are wall-mounted and they will be made available. And we're going to expand that program in the spring so that they're in our seasonal housing. Uh, we are going to make sure everybody's educated. Tonight, Megan's going to give a demonstration. We are videotaping it. It's how old I am. I say videotaping. Uh, we're going to record it. We're going to make that available on the municipal website. If you don't know how to use these tools, there's pamphlets on the back table. Our number one priority, same as Mr. Steiner said, I'm sure everyone here agrees, is the health of everyone in our community regardless of if they're a user or not. So to make that very clear, health is number one here. And we're gonna make these tools available to everyone in the community and teach them how to use it so that we can do our best to try and make sure everybody remains healthy, especially people who may be in a secondary position exposed to people in their own homes or friends who are using drugs so that they are safe. Uh, secondly, we, are ha uh, we already have all of those phone numbers posted. Flyers went out today that were provided by the Department of Health. Uh, we got a very nice email from Ann Zink uh, expressing her concern uh, that it will be in, uh, quoted in the mayor's report tomorrow. And uh, we will have in-person mental health care here, hopefully very soon. Bartlett Regional Hospital is working on that. They had representatives on the phone call yesterday as well. And then there is another group whose name I don't remember off the top of my head who uh, talked to the manager today. We're, today we're going to get them here. They actually have uh, mental health care dogs. Uh, which sounds like the best thing ever. So um, if you need help, if you're grieving, whether you're a family member of the deceased, uh, someone who has experience with drug use, and this has been traumatizing, a first responder, can't speak highly enough of our police department right now, our mental health uh, response in town is as good as it can be. 
So getting this help from outside is uh, absolutely tremendous. Fire department's done great work here and also our uh, first responders and the medical staff at the clinic uh, we will have outreach available for you for mental health reasons. So I want to take the opportunity to personally thank Megan Brocklesby. Uh, she's going to give you guys a presentation on how to use these tools. Uh, she's phenomenal. She said, uh, do you want a PowerPoint presentation? I said, no, uh, I don't really like them. But if that's what you want to do, she goes, I don't like them either. So she obviously knows what she's talking about. Uh, pay close attention. It's going to be available on the website. I want to just express, I, I, I don't even, I'm very moved by the fact that somebody's willing to drop everything and come here and help us uh, because everyone in this community has experienced a significant loss and uh, we're going to recover from this and we're going to be better for it. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I'd like to now ask uh, Megan from the uh... Alaska Health Department to come up and uh, give us some information about the Narcan and uh, other issues. Megan, I think we're just going to put you right up on stage. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you so much for having me here today. I just wanted to express that I'm so sorry for your recent tragic loss in your community. And my heart goes out to your family members, friends, and the entire community as this affects all of you. Um, I really wanted to say that I'm here to support you in any way possible. And if, you, if there's anything that the public health department can do for you, just let us know. I'm an itinerant nurse. I live in Juneau, but I do travel out to Skagway as needed. Um, so please just let me know. And if you have any questions or concerns after this, I'd be happy to address that with you. I wanted to go over a couple things. I wanted to talk about naloxone. You also may know this as Narcan. Narcan is the, um, the uh, branding. So if you hear Narcan, naloxone is the same thing. And what we have brought over is like you heard 200 test strips for fentanyl. So you can actually use these test strips to test medication. We're, our plan is to put these uh, throughout the community in some locations, maybe the library, some, maybe the post office areas that are open 24 hours a day. So people have access to these and can use these if needed. And, and hopefully we can find some discrete locations so people that don't want to go out in public and be seen by their friends and neighbors can have a location to go see that. Um, and I also want to go over, yeah, naloxone use, fentanyl test strips. I did bring out handouts, there's some in the back. There's also a sample um, naloxone nasal spray. So um, he's holding that up back there. There's actually one that you can handle. So I know a lot of people are afraid to use this. So if you'd like to, feel free to go pick it up. Um, practice using it, and um, you might be able to feel a little bit more comfortable using that. Um, first off, I just wanted to say, so fentanyl um, abuse is on the rise in Alaska and all over the country. It's 10 to 20 times more potent than heroin and 80 to 100 times more potent than morphine. And and it, is, and it unfortunately has been, um, has been, um, causing deaths in our community at a rapid pace. And we're trying to figure out ways to mitigate this. So things that we can do is use naloxone, use test strips, provide community uh, awareness and education and get this into the hands of our community members. Again, like you said, we don't want to point fingers. We want to make this safe for everybody. Our goal here is safety and saving lives. So first off, I'm just going to go over how to use naloxone. So what I brought over is 40 individual kits. I also brought over 10 wall mountable kits. So for 
places like the library or the boatyard, those might be more appropriate. They're easy to see. Our idea is that if we can get those somewhere like an, um, near an AED or other medical equipment, so people start to recognize this as, oh, this is life-saving equipment. This is what I look, look for, even in the bars, like at the entryway near things like that. That might be a way to get people on board with this idea that this is something that we need. So in this kit, um, these were packaged up yesterday. There are a pair of gloves. I would recommend wearing gloves. Um, and then we have a CPR face shield. One thing that is really important not to forget is if you give naloxone, don't forget about CPR. If they're not breathing, if they don't have a pulse, remember CPR if you are trained, if you feel comfortable. Um, another thing I did want to mention is that there are um, Good Samaritan laws in Alaska. So if you're afraid, well, what if this person didn't isn't experiencing an overdose? Am I going to get in trouble? There are Good Samaritan laws in Alaska out there to protect civilians or citizens. Um, so in each pit, there are two doses. They're nasal sprays. This is what we have. There are injectable naloxone, but what we have here, and I believe I'm sure at um, the clinic here in town, similar, you have naloxone spray. So what you want to do is <clears throat> check expiration date. One thing to know is if it's expired and it's all you've got, use it. Yes, an expiration date does mean something, but if it's available and that's all you've got and it might save a life, it's worth using. So there's two in here. The next thing I wanted to say is um, we do have fentanyl test strips in each one of these. So if anyone wants, um, there's information here and instructions on how to use fentanyl test strips. Um, and then... What I love is there's instructions in here. So if anyone, if everyone has one of these or knows where to find one and they forget one of the steps, they can quickly pull out these instructions. They're really clear to use and I'll go over these really quickly. So a lot of people are asking, what are signs of an overdose? How do I know this person's actually overdosing? And um, there's a lot of signs. So here is a good, five-step tool so that you can look at the face. Your face might be clammy or the face might be clammy um, to touch and might have lost color and they might be having trouble speaking. Your um, pupils might be pinpoint and, the, and very small. The body might be limp. Fingernails and lips might be turning blue or purple. Um, sleep um, is deep and the person might not be woken to touch and will not respond to a voice or stimulation. Breathing is slowed or stopped. And the heartbeat might also have been slowed or stopped. So these are signs of an overdose. So everyone, if you're interested, I did have handouts in the back. You're more than welcome to take one. They have information on how to give naloxone, what to look for, and just generally ask questions. Um, so the first thing you want to do is check for signs and symptoms of an overdose. Um, <clears throat> failure to respond when spoken, um, slower no breathing. And if you are trained in CPR, administer it at any time as needed. And I do want to reiterate that that's a really important step. Um, so then you want to quickly administer the dose of naloxone spray. And another thing I'd like to let you know is there's no, a lot of people are wondering, is this something safe to be put in schools or, or in a bar where anyone can grab them? And there really is no abuse potential for this medication. It's really not something someone's going to enjoy. It's not a fun medication. It's really to save a life. Um, so I'm not going to open these because there's a shortage and they're like, hold right now. So essentially all you do is hold it like this and press it right into one nostril on one side, make sure that you're supporting the person's neck from the person on their back and insert it into either nostril. 
press the plunger firmly to deliver the dose. And you can practice in the back on your way out just to see what it feels like. It's actually easier than you think it will be. Um, and then you really want to make sure you call 911. You want to get help um, so that they can evaluate the person's um, condition. Um, the next thing you want to do is roll them onto their side. And this is called the rescue position. So you want them with one arm under their head, uh, their leg out to one side, and make sure this helps prevent them from rolling on to their stomach. Uh, one thing I would like to say is if after two to three minutes they're not responding, please give them that second dose. Um, recommendation is to put it in the other nostril. Uh, if they're not, and when you know to do this is if they're not waking up, they're not responding to voice or touch, and they're not breathing normally. And this can be given every two to three minutes if available. So if you do have more supply on hand, you can continue to give naloxone until EMS arrives. That is how to give naloxone. Do you have any questions on this? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I would, I, would, um, I would like to um, have it made clear for the public. Uh, is Narcan a, a cure-all? Is, is the police, are, are, are first responders necessary? Or, or is, are they necessary for the eventual recovery of the individual who has had a, an incident to put up a So are you, are you curious because you're wondering, like, do you have to call 911? Yeah, no, I, 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 I would say in any case. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. That is a that is a tough situation. I would say does anyone want to speak to that? I would. Yeah. I think between so, the two of us, yeah, for sure. So how Narcan works, it actually binds to your neuroreceptors and blocks the opioid and it does wear off and you do need to call 911. So you're gonna see respiratory distress in just like nurse. Megan said, I'm sorry, I forgot your last name. Um, you're going to see respiratory distress and we need to get um, the respirations back up. So you're going to have to push more Narcan and do that full assessment. So definitely call 911. That's what we're here for. It's our job. We, we're we're going to be there for you when you call us. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to reiterate, and please tell me if I'm wrong, that you won't get into trouble for calling 911. If you are with the user, you're not going to be in any trouble for calling six like so that should be known by everybody yeah absolutely not we're not here to take people to jail that are going to call us if if we've had this happen in the past we're there to help we're not there to look for evidence we're not there now if somebody is obviously taking and ingesting something into somebody that's a different yeah. story but um to reiterate what you said, call 911. We have 911 operators that are emergency medical dispatchers. So if you don't know how to do CPR, obviously they can start you in that process. But our EMS is so fast that usually they can't even get to that process before they're already on scene. Maybe maybe one thing to add too is that um, Narcan, Naloxone, there's no contra there's no major contraindication. So don't be afraid to push it. If you push it it's okay. You're not going to do harm. They're already needing lots of help. So don't be afraid to push it. Yes. Question in back. That's absolutely correct. Um, and you, I, 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 I,
Had a question over here. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, two words. First of all, thank you. Uh, obviously, you made it fast. Uh, this stream is awesome. So, but as far as the value of the stimulus stuff, I got two questions. I missed any part of anything. If you come across somebody and they're not conscious, you're not seeing those cigars you can go to. Uh, is there, I mean, do you start to figure out first for one thing, or is there a thing? I guess it's our, I don't know if it's going to be the chance of graduates, and maybe the two rest of the guys are going to wait to go. This is a little bit of a response. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll just go ahead and quickly throw a second question there. Then also, a new thing, you know, sometimes we find it with another system. It's, um, it sounds like it's very cost dependent in Washington. Yeah. In the city model, they can marry banks. There's a person that's going to be nervous about rolling out the mouth. Is it generally, you know, assuming it's a good place? You have to worry about cost determination for buying out the mouth. And that's typically the beast in that question. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think. I, I, I can't give you a straight answer. I would say... Uh, Megan, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you really quick. This is um, Deb Potter. Can we possibly get people to ask their questions on the microphone or perhaps you could um, kind of recap what people are asking? Okay. So um, the, uh, I can actually ask that it's we really can't hear unless someone is on a microphone. Deb, this is David Montebias. Can you hear me? I, I can. Hi, Dave. Awesome. So the question was asked. Um, so there is there is such a thing as um, exposure to fentanyl. So fentanyl can they like to downplay it sometimes, and we're obviously not downplaying fentanyl. However, fentanyl can be downplayed. However, there is a cross contamination. So the question was if if is there a cross contamination having to do CPR? So if somebody has ingested fentanyl. Um, is there, if you're going to do CPR, which is rescue breaths or, um, well, actually rescue breaths are the big one, but if you're going to do rescue breaths, can there be a cross-contamination? And, and I'm going to answer that. Absolutely. Yes, there can be a cross-contamination. So not to try to scare anybody to, away from doing rescue breaths, but there is a thing as they make a mask for, for CPR. Um, but yes, that is an actual risk that can happen with fentanyl. And I, you're, and she's holding up a shield, a mask, uh, a facial shield for CPR. Um, but yes, that is something to actually to be considered when you are, if you are going to do CPR, but yes, that is a real actual threat. Um, and believe it or not, I actually, so I've, I've studied stuff. I've gone through EMS actually training with, 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 well, with uh Skagway fire department. Um, so what's crazy is I just came back from a hazmat class in uh, West Virginia. And we actually covered this to a length on fentanyl because it is a real threat. And it just so happens that this is what Skagway is facing. Um, but yeah, for, it is a actual threat that if somebody is having an overdose or somebody's been exposed to fentanyl, for sure, you can get it by giving rescue breaths. So that's something to actually look and be cautious of. 
Um, also, um, not everybody knows, but I'm with Customs Border Protection, and we we face that as as first responders. Um, that it is a threat to us as well, and the police department and the fire uh, fire side as well as EMS. So that's something that we actually look for as as a first responder. That's one thing that you want to look out for, and anybody else who's going to be there who can just trying to help out you technically would be a first responder um, and then knowing how to use Narcan and understanding that that is a real threat. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I wanted to add is that I think there has been some concern is if you touch it, is that, you know, is there any risk of um, absorption into your skin and your body? And there, there is a small amount, but I just read this today that in terms of could it kill you, highly unlikely they did a study where they used actual fentanyl patches on people's hands and it didn't start taking effect for 10 to 15 minutes so through skin absorption it's not super high one thing they do recommend is if you are if you do come across someone who's had an overdose and you're suspecting fentanyl is if there's a lot of air circulation or if it's super windy wear a n95 mask to prevent inhalation if it's sitting on the counter in a room and the air is not moving the risk is very low and um so I think that's really important to know as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, what else did I want? Any other questions? How many? Uh, how many doses are in each Narcan container? In each kit that I have in the plastic bags, there are. Um, so technically, a dose is two. So you may need to give one. You may need to give two. But technically, in each little container, there is two nasal sprays. Um, so in the test strips, um, is there a way, cause I know it's been on the rise as well, that fentanyl is like laced into marijuana yeah. is do the test strips, are they capable of testing marijuana as well? Cause the information handout just said, you know, opiates, pills, and right. methamphetamines. I am very curious about how to test marijuana because I do see that as a concern. I don't think these test strips would work. I mean, you would have to, you I'll go over how to use the test strips, but I really am unsure how well they would work marijuana. I will get okay. back to I can give you my contact yeah. information and look it up. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that question. Any other question? Yes, go ahead. Megan, how fast when you administer the Narcan, how fast do you see a response or would you expect to see a response? Is it is it immediate? Is it very obvious they they, they come out of it? Or is it what, what do we what would we expect? So what you'd hope for is a response within two to three minutes. But if you don't see that, that's when you want to give another dose. Is that, is that a, a very obvious response or is it just now they're breathing again? Is that the response? So when you use Narcan, it can actually, for people that use, um, are, that are using um, opioids, it can cause some like irritation and frustration. So you, they might actually come out of it irritated, frustrated, but they also might be very sleepy. So um I honestly, if anyone else has a better answer to that question, I would love to hear. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, um, having dealt with it in West Virginia, um, so typical. Uh, this is just what I've seen being there on scene. Uh, once you administer Narcan, there is almost an immediate response, but it can be delayed up to two to three minutes. But in your avid user who is an avid opioid user that is there just for the high and they want the high, I'm talking about an avid like daily to multiple times a day. The What happens with Narcan because it disrupts that opioid 
and it shuts it down, it brings them right out of that high. And they don't necessarily know that they're overdosing at the time. They just are enjoying the high. So when, when what typically happens with your everyday avid opiate user, it shuts down the high and they come out of it immediately. And they're with lack of better word, thank you. They're pissed off that you ruined their high. So you can with your, with an avid opiate user, you can get a violent reaction. Typically that's not what's seen with, with a recreational user, if you will. What's happening seen is they come out of it and they're not really sure what's going on. Um, they just know that they were having a good time and now it's shut off and they're not having a good time because the actual effect of the Narcan is not a fun feeling. Um, and also understand, and, and I, I'm sorry if you actually, I don't think you said it, uh, a reaction to Narcan can induce vomiting. So that is something to look out for as well as a first responder. Um, it's not typical, but it can happen because it, yeah. And it makes you, it just makes you not feel good because it just shuts down the, the all the receptors right at once. So you're having a good time to, I'm not having a good time. Um, so if that answered that. Thank you. Yeah. And I just had one more question. I think I might have missed it. Now you're talking about the, the threat of inhaling it. And you said handling is not too big of a concern if you're just handling the pills. But so if the pills get broken, is that the concern where you may inhale the, the residue? Or I just could you just speak at that one more time? I the danger of that handling the pills, but not being concerned about handling uh, positioning the person. And I would I would recommend wearing gloves. And a lot of times it's gonna matter which kind of fentanyl, if it's car fentanyl and you're handling you're probably never going to know you handled it that dangerous yeah okay so one of the problems correct me if i'm wrong please um i think one of the problems she's speaking to about when you're in the room and that it's there's circulation in the air most times people are smoking fentanyl so when it burns it's in the air as long as well as in their lungs so that's what she's speaking to when she thinks it's more dangerous to be in a circulated room with an overdose as opposed to a pill being on it because it hasn't been burned yet. That toxin gets into the air. You can't see the smoke, but the toxin's still in the air. And that's how most people ingest it these days is smoking it. Do I have any other questions on the last one? Yeah. How old is the patient administered? How old is the patient administered? You can give it to any any ages. So there is a slight risk to infants under four weeks of age. I'd have to look up the number, but it's still there's like a, a risk in the indication, but you still want to give it. So any ages, and there really isn't any harm that can come of it. There are some there are some concerns. There's some. Um, uh, there are like side effects, but the risk of not using it is significantly higher. Yeah, and it's a, a very safe medication. Any other questions? So, and I'll oh, go ahead. Uh, maybe it was answered, but I think someone else already asked the question. But if the person is is not breathing or has really slow breathing, would administering Narcan in their nose with the hope that it would go into their system, would that work? Or is that when you need a different that test? Or, uh, yeah, that's all. 
it helps restore the respiratory system before it gets to the cardiovascular system. So all your body systems are tied together. Once your respiratory fails, then your cardiac fails. Trip to answer your question though, um, especially after COVID, they were just teaching hands-only CPR. So if you can pump the heart and not even worry about doing the ventilations, that's king. Like pumping the heart is what you want to do. And I totally understand that. I've had years of the first day CPR, first response. And I, I know that we've been fortunate enough over the years that no, no, this is an HIV and we contract it through first responders. But we're talking about a different beast here. And, um, and you know, I know you can use like a sandwich bag and make a vapor barrier, that kind of stuff. But, but what I've also learned in first response is it's better to lose one person than two people. You don't go and jump in after that person in the water. You throw them a buoy. So I, I'd hate for someone with all their passion and heart to go and try to do the right thing. And then we lose a second person because I know this stuff, it's like raw chicken. It's contaminant in a kitchen. It's, 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 and I don't even know what the doses are, what, 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 what takes a person's life. But uh, obviously we're uneducated on this and we're just looking for that knowledge. And so thank you once again. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I just had one question I wanted to clarify as somebody who um, feels like I see a lot of usage in the community. I don't personally stay close to it, but I see it a lot when there is alcohol consumption. And to my knowledge that if somebody like passes out, you, you know, it might just be alcohol, but you suspect usage, using Narcan is not harmful. And so as soon as that happens, if you're out at a club and there's any suspicion of drugs, um, that using Narcan is going to be your best bet, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that mixing drugs is is going to increase the effect. So if you yeah. are drinking alcohol, using it, it might not even be fentanyl, be oxycodone or another opioid. It, it it increases the effects of the medication and likelihood of overdose. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's been my experience too. Because fentanyl is new to me, but yeah. um, alcohol and because of like lung suppression. Yeah, that was the experience I grew up with. So, and I was just curious. I just want to clarify that since I think that would be um, probably commonplace in this community. Yeah, I think if you suspect it, I think it's worth giving mm -hmm. because the risk of harm is so low. So, I would absolutely say if you are, are suspecting fentanyl at all. Okay, thank you. Sorry, I haven't been able to like really locate the information anywhere. Um, how long after a person begins to overdose do you have to give them Narcan before it is possibly ineffective? I think it's variable. I would have to look up the actual time, but I, I'm not entirely sure, but I don't think, I think it's hard to say. Okay. Once a person stops breathing, they don't have very long. So getting it, as soon as possible is ideal. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> Any other questions? Can we can share some of the information about how you test trips and how those Absolutely. Yeah, that was my next step. Sorry, I just wanted to continue on that. So test trips, um, they, I'm not going to open these because we only have 200 and we want to use these. I don't want to waste any. So they're like, um, have you seen urine dipsticks? They look like that. What you're going to do is open this and you're going to um, 
There are expiration dates on here, lot numbers. I think they're good for about two years. This one's good until 2025. And in this packet as well are instructions on how to use fentanyl test strips. And honestly, I would recommend if you are friends with anybody that you're concerned about, feel free to hand these out with the instructions because I think this is a way to save lives. I think this is a really important piece of this. So if you have any concerns of anybody, family members, friends, or if you know of a place that would be a good location to keep these so people feel safe and comfortable accessing these, please just let me know because we're going to distribute these tomorrow and I'm happy for feedback. So thank you. Um, so in this box here, see here, says, so in here is how to use a fentanyl test strip and how to uh, prevent an overdose. So this one tricky bit about this, which I'm still trying to wrap my brain about is, so if you have a pill and you only test part of it, there might be fentanyl in the other half. So say you cut in half, you might, there might be traces of fentanyl in one half and not the other. So um, what this recommend, this, this here shows you how to test it. So what you wanna do is um, essentially the test strips just tell you if you have fentanyl in your drugs. Um, so you can follow these steps to help prevent an overdose. So step one is add water and um, which you can use like any small container. The word on here is a cooker, but you could use a small glass, a bowl, a cup or something that you can add water in. So you can dip it in there. Um, any sort of sub, any sort of something like this would work. Anything that you can hold liquid in. And then what you want to do is, um, Stir in, so mix it, mix in your pills. Um, and you want to, um, so essentially what you would do is take a pill, break off a piece and put it in the water and stir it in. And then what you want to do is there's a wavy end of the strip and you want to dip it in there and you want to hold it in the water for 15 seconds. Um, and then you want to be sure you only dip up to the wavy ones. And you want to wait two minutes until after the lines show up in the middle. Um, and then um, two to five minutes, I would recommend waiting a whole five minutes. Um, results, one line is positive for fentanyl. So in my head, that's backwards. I would think two lines would be positive. But one line is positive for fentanyl. Two lines is use caution, proceed carefully. It doesn't mean you're absolutely safe. It just means um, uh that your drugs don't have fentanyl in them, but no drugs are 100% safe. So, um, and what can you do after you get your test results? Um, a couple things that we just tell people that are users is to have naloxone with you, only use with a friend, and um, make sure that person feels comfortable calling 911 and um, go slow and use less is the recommendations we have. And there are information, like there's a, a URL here for more information on Project Hope, and I do know the clinic in town is partnered with Project Hope. That is another source of naloxone here and fentanyl test strips. Is that right? We have fentanyl. So if I, I did bring a limited supply, so we'll work on distributing that throughout the community. But um, if you have any other questions, um, just let me know. Um, that is the other thing. And I think that's it. The fentanyl test strips are fairly easy to use. Do you have any questions on the fentanyl test strips? They don't work on things like alcohol. They only work on fentanyl. So if you're trying to test other things, it's really just for fentanyl. Is it just for fentanyl or can it test both? Well, being that 
Narcan is, is not just for fentanyl, it's for right. opiates. Yeah, it's just for opiates. Yeah. I think this one specifically is just for fentanyl. I would have to double check, but 90% sure. Yeah. How many strips are in it? So in these individual kits, there's just one strip. So one strip. Okay. Yeah. So when you open it, you need to use it. Yeah. There's no shelf life. Okay. I would say use it right away. I think they're probably sensitive to light, and that's probably why they're in these cases. Um, but yeah, just one in here. But we do have additional. Um, just loose test strips that I brought with me as well. Any other questions? Okay, well, if there's no other questions, then uh, Megan, thank you very much for coming into Skagway. Very much appreciate your travel. We know it's not easy to get to Skagway and to come here and give us this information and help provide us with these, you know, possibly life-saving uh, equipment. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, all. Okay. All right. We will now move into uh, here. Citizens present. Um, we've only got about 45 minutes left for this meeting. Finance wants it after we're done. Um, so what I'd like to do is I want to hear everyone who would like to speak, but I want to try to keep it to three minutes per speaker and, uh, and then we'll continue to move on. Um, so I'm just going to go by front by rows. Well, actually, you know, what I'd like to do is I'd like to absolutely. Would you like to be first, Micah? Absolutely. Please come up. Uh, for the record and people who can't see, this is Micah Cook. Um, I would like to speak to everyone on um, the, 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 um, I apologize. My words are not formed in my mind. I would like to speak to everyone on the, the, uh, the risk of uh, disinformation and theorization and also demonization. Um, what I've found to be a common mood among the community and the world at large is we have a very high propensity to uh, go for, as we would say, the top shelf when it comes to words that we want to use for one another. And that's a very dangerous thing because it can lead to both alienation of the person that those words are being used against and a, a hardening of the heart of the person that is using it. So it's very, it's very, important in my opinion that in this time of trial and tribulation that we use do our best to not go for the top shelf and the harshest and most intense words that we can it is very important for us to try and understand one another in this time because no one knows the whole story no one knows everything that has transpired here on this weekend we um as i understand it a lot is being done to to that end for us to have all the answers but no one has them right now and um if i can take my position here sitting before you today i would like to ask <clears throat> for no one who is not equipped in their field to speak to or to theorize on anything that has transpired in this past weekend. It is very important for all of us. And as we move forward, that we do not try and hurt each other without thinking to it. Um, 
my family uh, recently thought we had some firearms stolen from our home. And um, we, without thinking and off of the cuff, simply assumed that they had been removed from our home involuntarily. And as such, we responded in a way that ended up affecting another family and at a, at a time where families shouldn't be affected. So I, I speak to everyone that we need um, a measure of moderation. And um, I hope to see that in the future. And I really appreciate you all letting me speak today. Thank you. The, the, uh, thank you, the esteemed members of this community of which I'm speaking to. And thank you, the members of the board who have allowed me to speak. I really appreciate it. <clears throat> Okay, and I'm, real quickly, I'd like to go to anybody on the phone who would like to speak, and then we'll move on to the people here in the audience. Is there anyone on the phone? Hi, Sam. This is Assemblymember Reba. I'd like to say something. Hey, Reba. Go ahead, please. Thanks, guys. Um, I'm currently not in um, Alaska right now. I'm in Hawaii. I'm taking care of some of my mental health issues. And that does not mean my heart's not there. And it doesn't mean, doesn't mean that I haven't been thinking about this a lot because I sure have. And I am so sorry for the losses that everyone has gone through. I know, I know what it's like and I can feel that weight from here. And I just want to say I, I am with you. Um, Micah, I'm so sorry. Um, we, we support you. I know that. I have not heard anything bad about um, the situation in that regard because we are all together. Um, I did want to share right before this meeting, I got a text from a close friend who asked if I was attending, and I want to quote, Skagway rallies hard for people who are sick and need help. The, op the opioid epidemic is no different. We need people to rally and help the city fight this, unquote. And I fully stand behind that statement. So I just want to let Chief Rauscher and... Um, JJ, I want you guys to both know, first of all, thank you so much for everything that you guys have been through and what you're currently doing and what you've done. I can't even imagine being in your shoes. And I am very, very grateful to have you a part of our community. But also just know that as an assembly person, we are here to support you and I fully support you. So if there's whatever we can do to help, um, please reach out and uh, let the powers that be know. And you definitely have our support. Um, and thank you, Andrew Kamada, for your leadership. You are absolutely amazing, and I really appreciate you. That's all. Thank you. Thank you, Reba. Anybody else on the phone? Okay, nothing heard. We'll move on to the in the audience. And I'd like to just start with the first row and then just move back, and we'll come over this way. Anyone here in the first row? Please just state your name. And hey, uh, this is William Baker. Uh, a lot of people folks tell me it's Trip. I am the uncle of that amazing young man that just spoke a minute ago. Um, I want to thank everybody. Uh, Chief Rosser, her squad, JJ, your squad, uh, to, to help us get a little bit closer to the closure. Um, I'm one of those knuckle dragging guys that I think my nephew was talking about, but we're all passionate people. That's why our love's so strong. And uh, I don't get my mail here anymore, but this is my home. Um, right now, it's not the 99840. It's a village. 
And uh, every village has got a couple of idiots. We just take turns. But we need to put our stuff to the side. You know, whether you bought a bad motor from that person years ago or you dated that one sister, I don't care. But we need to come together and make sure that these brand new babies that were born last year don't have to go through this crap in the future. Um, I've shared with my friends and loved ones, which is a lot. Um, I haven't got a chance to hug everybody, but I've shared with them and I'm going to keep reiterating it, whether it's just me convincing myself. But gang, it's either going to be a stepping stone or a stumbling block. And it's up to us. All right. This is our house. This is our home. Um, I just can't thank you guys enough uh, for making this tough situation as easy as possible. Working with Mayor Kamada, the chief of the fire department, chief of the police, and, and everybody else. This is it's it's really what it is. Um, there's no reason we need to have this conversation next assembly meeting, um, other than how are things getting better. Um, and like Micah said, communication's huge. You can't be afraid, you know, because uh, speaking up is a little bit easier than saying I'm sorry. Or it's not harder, I'm sorry. I'm mixing it up. My head's a little spun, obviously, a little emotional. But I just, just know I'm surrounded by people that, are, that love my family. And uh hope you love them enough to step up and, 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 and just make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else. But I just want to give a thank you to the city of Skagway. Okay, thank you. Um, okay. Anyone else on the first row? Linda, Dan? Next row? Anyone like to speak? It seems kind of strange to go up there and talk about it. It does. I think what we may do. We, we're probably going to end up tabling those last three items on this agenda. I see that happening. We've only got about 30 minutes left. So that's probably going to be the outcome. Obviously, you can speak at anything you'd like to. Public comments open for anything. However, that may be most appropriate. Right. Right okay. All right. Thank you. We'll, we'll, if those don't get tabled, we'll come back and open back up public comment if it doesn't. Anyone else in the second row? Third row? Fourth row. Hello, my name is Brooke Sturgis. Um, and I would like to point out that Narcan is not just useful for recreational fentanyl users. Um, anyone who may have a prescription for an opioid medication should have some on hand. Um, and as we also know, fentanyl can be in any illicit drug. That's all. Thank you. All right. Anybody else in the fourth row? And behind there, the fifth row? Anyone in the hallway? Okay. We'll come back here. First row, Tim, Caitlin. Um, I want to, um, if people aren't aware, um, in 
During the pandemic in the fall of 2020, um, all the bartenders in this town took a mental health first aid course. At the end of that, um, the bars in this town were given Narcan kits. Um, there are so many people in this town who are members of both the Eagles and the Elks, but who also frequent other businesses that are open in the summertime. So I just want to encourage people if if you're, you know, at one of those establishments or near one of those establishments and you need Narcan, your bartenders are there for you. Um, as such, I would encourage everybody to go to iknowmine.org. You can order up to two opioid overdose response kits that come with naloxone nasal spray, two doses, gloves, a face shield for CPR, fentanyl test strips, and instructions. There's a 15-minute online training link as well that you can um, take in order to um, properly know how to use it if you were not able to watch the training tonight. Um, it is free for Alaskan residents. And while I was sitting here at the beginning of the meeting, I ordered mine. Um, people I love in this community use, and I want them to know that I'm a safe person for them. So please order your kits and let those you know, or let those you love know that you have that in case they need you. Thank you. Tim, Mark. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Uh, thank you all for being here. My name is Mark Timothy Baker Jefferson. I am brother to William Baker Tripp, brother to James Francis Cook, Jimmy Cook, and uncle to Micah Cook. I didn't realize this town was called the Garden City until about a year and a half ago. I've lived here for about four years. Before I go any further with that, actually, I'm just going to go Garden City. Most people in this town are gardeners. All of us throw away the things we don't want to eat into a pile, and we call it compost. What we don't all understand is it's not compost yet. If you don't do work with that pile, it starts to burn from the inside out and incinerate. Happens all over the world. Most people don't see it. They don't know the signs of it. So we have to turn that pile that's rotting and turn it into compost. We throw away the things we don't want and turn it into the fertilizer for the things we do want. We can do that with food. Why can't we do it with people? This town, one of the, my, probably the favorite thing about this town are the roses here. I can get within two and a half, three blocks of them and they cripple me because of the smell of them. They're pure. You can't buy a rose anywhere in any store that smells like the roses up here. In the wintertime, there's no rose left. There's only the thorns. Everyone forgets about the thorns until that's all you can see. Well, now that's all you can see are the thorns of Skagway. Let's everybody be the spring of Skagway and allow everyone to grow as a rose because we're all flowers in the garden. 
This is the Garden City. We all have to do the work to make sure we grow the fruit that is nourishing for everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Second row? Third row? Anyone like to speak? Yes, please. Hi, Laura, maybe. Um, I just wanted to speak, and you know, fentanyl is something that came after a time when I stopped fighting opiates, but I've been reading a lot of stuff, what people are putting online and things that are going off right now. I'm like, this isn't a new problem for Skagway. Um, opiate addiction has been here since I moved here. I could see it right off the bat. I grew up in it. Um, It's a really complex thing. <laughs> it's probably the most evil thing I've seen in my lifetime as far as addiction goes. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, come forward and speak up. And I know when you're close to people that do it, I've lost a lot in my life that you easily become ostracized. There's a lot of um, coercive abuse that can happen with it to protect the drug usage. And so there is people in this town that are vulnerable, that are not using, but that are close to those people. Um, just in different ways because they risk, you know, rejection or loss of that and that people get manipulated too. Um, and so it's not just fentanyl, but it's also like watch out for who is always, um, you know, know, educate yourself, know what it looks like when somebody's on opiates. You can tell when somebody's drunk, you can tell when somebody's stoned, know what it looks like and start to understand and just pay attention because you can ask these people how they're doing. But there's a lot of people addicted to pills in this town. I know that prescriptions go out. I can um, tell, <laughs> I can see it in the neighborhoods. I can tell when traffic is changing. And it's obvious I have spoken to the police before about this. Um, and just, you know, pay attention because this isn't just these drugs coming in. This um, ep epidemic started with um, pills and heroin, but especially it's been the pharmaceuticals that started off and then fentanyl exploded it. Um, and like I said, you know, a lot of times alcohol is mixed and that's been my experience. I graduated high school with six classmates gone. Um, I lost my brother when I was 21. I lost his best friend when I was 24. I've continued to lose people throughout my life. I didn't believe drugs existed where I lived. And so this idea that it's not here, it's very much always been here. There's a lot of people that struggle. So educate yourself, know that these are our friends. They're at our Thanksgiving table. Um, they're close to people. They're loved. They're friends with 100 people or 200 people or 500 people in this town. Um, you know, that's not, there's not, there's obviously people bringing in stuff that's more, but this um, idea that the problem is going to be eradicated by busting a few dealers is not true. It's not going to happen. Um, people are not going to magically stop using just because drugs don't become available. So just educate yourself, be empathetic, be compassionate, um, you know, take mental health first aid. A lot of this has to do with trauma and it is a mental health issue and just make sure, you know, do the best to educate yourself. If you, if you don't know, then learn and do your best to do it. And hopefully you won't end up learning by experience. So thank you. Okay. Is there anyone I've missed? Would anyone like to speak? Yes, sir. For those who don't know me, um, I'm new in the community. I'm the port director up at the top of the hill. David works with me. I'd like to first say welcome. Thank you for having me in your community. 
Um, I represent nine officers and support staff in this community who you probably all know way better than you know my, me. For the short time that I've been here, these people here and the people in this town have been very receptive, helping us out. And I'd like to offer our help too. Um, it's a different level, you know, we're not local, but if you can't get with JJ and his staff and you see me or one of my guys around and you need some assistance, we're not here to judge, we're here to help. I've got 25 years of experience on the Southern border. I have seen this problem that you are now dealing with from its infancy to problems that are exponentially could explode in violence and all kinds of crazy things. And we're here to help. Uh, we're not here to judge. I mean, I can't say that enough. And normally what you don't see from a law enforcement officer is them throwing themselves out for the mercy thing. Um, my cousin, Peter, grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. He had affluent parents and he was an avid heroin user. He overdosed twice, almost died in my aunt's bathroom. So I've experienced it in my family. So nobody is immune. Um, addiction can be everywhere. And, you know, we are here for you guys. I'm very approachable, whether I'm in street clothes, uniform. If you guys want to call up at the top of the hill, we're here for you. Um, anything that we can do to help the community, like I say, you know, if it's a local issue, we'll push, definitely I'll be pushing it down. I'm going to be more of a support to JJ and his crew. Our resources were kind of limited. I don't know. Just to explain how it works, the little thing that you call the port of entry, that's our jurisdiction. After that, I always go back to him because he surrounds everything else. So thank you. And like I say, if you need anything, let us know. Thank you. And thank you for that support. Okay. All right. One more time. Would anybody else like to speak? Okay. Sam, this is Deb. I, I, sorry. I actually have a question if I may. Please go ahead. Um, I think uh, Laura brought up something that um, I hadn't thought about before. And I'm wondering if there's anybody there that can talk about what the signs might look like of somebody who's on opiates. Um, I'm not seeing a hand go up real quickly, but uh, would somebody, does somebody have that kind of, Chief, can you just give us maybe the background, just the rough, the broad strokes of that? So that's going to depend on the variance of how this addict actually uses, what time frame from the last time they used. You're going to have pinpoint uh, pupils. You're going to be sweating profusely sometimes. It just depends on, on where you're at and you're high. So it, it, it could range. Laura, do you have some input also? Um, yeah, it's a good question, Deb, and people ask that. I mean, to me, I think it's really visible um, having grown up next to it. Um, and for specifically for me, it was all prescriptions. And it really scares me that these things say M30 on them because I'm like, oh, he would have taken five. Um, <laughs> and that's terrifying to me. I'm like, you know, people are worried about the rainbows. And I'm like, well, if they're all blue, then like, that's just terrifying for a junkie. Um, but 
to me, like the things that always can tell it is a slowness. You can change a little bit and like their personality. So slowness of motion, um, very relaxed body. Um, usually their eyes look paler. Um, their pupils are smaller. Um, they will maybe seem to pay attention really well, but maybe not have as much response or um, input. Um, you know, and it's it's usually jovial. You can have a completely normal conversation, but you can pick up on it. You know, like if you see somebody stoned on pot, like you can tell, you know, like that they're that they're high. It's not like this extreme change where you have somebody who's like drink like a whole bunch or something like that, where you're just like, oh wow, you're wasted. You know, obvious in that same way. But once you start to interact with people, you can start to see it. Um, when I see it out in public, specifically, it's usually mixed with alcohol, and oftentimes we'll see people's definitely the pinpoint eyes. Um, and when it you look at kind of the risk and times when I've actually alerted bartenders and people is eyes rolling in the back of the head, like starting to kind of like fade in and out. So it just looks like they're really drunk. And I'm like, oh yeah, like that's definitely a sign there. So um, you know, for me with like, if I think about Andrew, um, he was really charismatic and outgoing and he still was like, you know, the friendly, smiliest, most wonderful person that everybody loved. And a lot of them were like, this isn't a problem, but I could always tell because of just like the body, like the relaxation, the slower of breathing. Um, it's just, it's just a different, it's a different thing to identify, but once you start to see it, um, and see it really well. And I have to say, sorry, this is a little off of that, but, you know, the summer I spoke out publicly and went on Facebook and I would say that I felt a little bit ostracized in this community. I saw people like notice me and look at me and it was kind of everybody I suspected. So it is around us. Um, and that is like the biggest thing I would say. It's like the slowness, the smaller people's um, they oftentimes feel like less, maybe less eye contact. Like if you're talking to somebody, they're not going to like turn their head. They're that relaxed. And so it's just a different feeling and then slowness of breath. I hope that helps a little bit. Thank you, Laura. Chief, can you tell me when, uh, on occasion they, you know, they said they smoke it. Is there a smell when they smoke it? Is there paraphernalia that's, that's obvious? Is there things like that we should look out for? So tinfoil, uh, tinfoil boats, uh, but you can inject it, you can snort it, you, you, you name it, you can do it. It's the same as with methamphetamine. There's really no set thing that you're looking for. Um, two particular incidents this weekend is, is the tinfoil boats and, and you're seeing burnt residue. Uh, a piece of tinfoil. Correct. They light it underneath, they heat it up, they melt it, and then they use the, like a pin tube or any kind of tube to to inhale the fumes coming off of that. And we're going to have syringe use. You're going to find syringes around. It's, it's just, it's however they're ingesting it. I assume any of those methods, you should be very careful if you got to handle it. If you find one of those tinfoil boats, if you find the, the tube for breathing it in, all of that can be dangerous. Is Absolutely. that right? Absolutely. All of that can okay. be contaminated uh, biohazards. Chief, thank you. Uh, Deb, Anything else? Any other? Does that answer your question, or, or? Uh, it, it it does? Yes, thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I think we're gonna. I think unless there's any other questions, one last try. Or any more statements? No. Okay. Okay. We're gonna move on to uh, unfinished business, which we have none. So we'll move on to well correspondence we'll go back to correspondence was there any correspondence for this meeting no correspondence unfinished business we'll skip forward and now again we are into our uh, new business 
Um, number one, illicit drug mitigation. Um, I think we've heard a lot of uh, input from the, the community here. Um, we know this is a tough question and there's really no easy answers. Uh, we know obviously community involvement is a big part of that um, to try to mitigate those issues, but um, it, it's just a tough one. And really, I'm not here to talk on this. I'm just here to listen if anyone has some good ideas, something we can implement, um, something we haven't thought about. But uh, I just want to get that uh, conversation started. So um, right now we will just have a just the board members, uh, we'll just have this discussion and then we may reach out to the community or to the chiefs if we have technical questions. But um, if you do have any input, please hold that input. Okay. Um, Orion, anything on our first item here? Well, my, I understand there's a, a pretty good task force uh, working on this. Um, throughout the state, throughout the country, throughout the border. Uh, but, you know, if there's a demand, there's going to be a supply. And, uh, you know, I think we for a long time felt that this was news that we read about, but now it's here. I don't have anything brilliant to say. It's very sad. Thanks, Orion. Uh, Deb? Uh, yeah, thank you. I think, um, this is, it just seems like a topic we could spend hours going over. Um, I think I, I, I have a question for, um, Chief Reddick. I'm wondering about Skagway's current laws regarding, um, if there are do we currently have um, criminal penalties if you're caught in the act of doing drugs? This is just something I really have not thought a lot about. So in the act would, in my opinion, would be that you would be in possession, correct? Is that, that what you're asking? Dave, did you hear the chief? Oh, did we lose her? We might have lost her. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm here. There we go. Okay. So if you're asking as far as if you're in the process of using, you would actually be in possession. So, yes, there is a state law that we would be able to address if you were caught in possession and in the process of using. Do you know often what are the um, possession amounts for? for for the, some of these different level of drugs so there are so many different levels depends on which scheduling you're talking about so i would really have to be looking at the statutes and i can get those to you but the level of uh severity of crime it it depends on the scheduling of the narcotics so fentanyl being a schedule two would be a higher penalty versus say marijuana use in public would be a misdemeanor and That's great. Yeah. And I'm sure like, maybe just in the interest of time, if you could think about getting that information to us, I'd really appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it, it's a tough, it's a tough question. I mean, everyone's trying to find a way to uh, manage this new crisis, this fentanyl crisis. And it's just, it's so tough when it's so available. Um, 
and it can just be in so many different forms. I'm not sure what the answer is. Obviously, community engagement is is huge. Chief, can I touch on the community involvement and and communications? Absolutely. So we have our P3 tip line. Um, I've I've spoken with the mayor as far as maybe we need to put in even in a uh, a phone hotline. I chose the P3 tip line because it's more of an anonymous tip line to be able to take the anonymity and be able to have a correspondence with them. But the problem being is that we cannot take a vague description of a tip. I can't say so-and-so is a drug dealer. I think you should raid their house. It's not enough for me to go kick their door in. We still have constitutional rights that I have to protect. And I also think that uh, you would feel like it was an invasion of your privacy if I came kick your door because somebody told me that your house had drugs in it. So we have to be very specific. If, if you're going to give drug tips, we take all of them, but it's got to be a viable information that we can utilize. Otherwise, we're kind of just kicking the can further down the road, and it may be information we already know. We may suspect it, but we can't act on it unless we have good, viable, obtainable information. Absolutely. If anybody does have any information, please find a way to make sure law enforcement's aware. I know it's hard. It's a hard question. I think we've heard people talk at this, um, but sometimes you just got to do the hard thing to keep people safe. And uh, I know it's not easy, but uh, please do that. If you know somebody who's using, who needs help, please find a way to get them that help, even if it is through law enforcement. Sometimes that is a way to help. So uh, please consider that. Um, Chief, anything else you'd like to add for this uh, this item? I've spoke with the mayor and the manager at some point. We would like to maybe have a town hall meeting. So if people have questions, they are curious as to what it takes for us to be able to act on a tip that we can give them some of that information. We're, we're discussing now on doing maybe a Citizens Academy so that we can educate and give knowledge of what it really takes for us to work a case. Okay, absolutely. And but you still want all tips, right? If they regardless of what they are, you'll take them. Absolutely. We'll yep. take any tips. Again, I don't want people to feel like we're not doing anything, but if it's not a viable tip that we can act on, uh, I I have to be cautious how we proceed. Thank you. Well, Ryan, anything else on this item? Um, I think, I think Deb was hundred percent right. We could sit here for hours and talk about ways to mitigate illicit drugs and, and, and the, and the, the issues with it and the problems with it and the constitution ish constitutionality, et cetera. We could do that forever, but I don't think that's uh, what we're here to do. Um, I'm glad to hear the community speak about it, to hear some input, to get these ideas. I think the mayor and staff are, are charging forward and, uh, with great energy to get us these supplies we need to keep people safe. And that's amazing. That's great. How fast that's happened. Is it really a, uh, you know, what a great thing to say about this community and just Southeast in general, how fast they rally around these communities and, and help us. So I want to say thank you to all those uh, outside agencies and other towns who have helped us uh, in this, in this time. So, um, but I think I want to move on to the next item uh, unless Deb or Ryan have any other input and we'll, uh, we'll talk about the Narcan access. And I believe we're only going to have about 10 minutes left. So probably after that discussion, we'll look for a motion to maybe table these other items if uh, if we feel that's appropriate. So on to uh, 
new business item B six B Narcan access and availability. I think we've we 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 had Meg come up. She she talked to us about how to use the the products, what's available, how to use them. Uh, we're going to try to get these out. And you've heard the mayor, you've you've heard uh, the chiefs talk about it. We're going to try to get these out. Uh, make them as available as possible. Um, if you think that you're even in the vicinity where you may one day possibly need a Narcan, Narcan, please get it. Please find a way to get it. It's going to be very easy. Please have one of those available in your glove compartment or where you may need them. Um, they can save people's lives. I mean, I've, I've watched some videos and they do. They they can come out of that pretty quickly um, once you administer that stuff. So please uh, keep that in mind. Um, Ryan, I know I've talked to the chief about this uh, uh, in years past, but I think every year we should have training for bartenders in Skagway um, and have every bar, every restaurant have Narcan um, on site. Can I add to that? Yep. I've been in contact with AMCO, uh, so that's going to be the governing body over the uh, the dispensary license, the bar license, and I'm going to try to get some education here for over-serving, for what is allowed and what's not allowed, what our actions are, and that goes for the, the grow operation in town. So I'm going to try to get some education for all of us. The more the better, Chief. Please do. Absolutely. Chief. And just um, we're open to all ideas. So if any community members have ideas of how to get Narcan out, I think the biggest struggle um, that we were looking at is we have to document. So you lose a little bit of the anonymous part. So we're trying to find ways to just mass distribute. Um, one of the ideas is maybe everybody that takes a CPR class just gets a Narcan, whether you want it or not, you get a Narcan, give it to a friend, put it in your glove box, but then that way we can still get the demographics from the Project Hope um, program that's through the state of Alaska, but um, we can get some information to them, but it's very it's like just this big blanket. Nobody, nobody cares because they took a CPR class and they already teach how to um, how to give naloxone in CPR. So it's it's a layperson skill. Um, but any ideas that you do have, um, let us know. Megan, would you just come up and use the microphone, please? This already, but for Project Hope, they don't require your name, just your age and gender so that it is pretty anonymous to get that out and and you can get up to two per person through project hope as far as i know through project gabe the wall multiple kits we do require to get your name because typically they're to businesses not for individuals but i just wanted to let you know that if there is some concern of anonymity that for project hope you don't have to give out your name so thank you well, I've got you here. Let me yeah. just one last question. Yeah. If I come across somebody, they're 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 passed out on the street, mm -hmm. and it looks like they're not breathing. It yep. looks like they may be having an issue. Should I give them Narcan? Absolutely. I should. I, yeah. Even if they're just drunk. We. I know you mentioned it before, but that's okay too. Even if they're just passed out, they're. I think if you have any reason to suspect there's any sort of opioid use, then I think it's worth giving. Hundred okay. percent. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Deb, would you like to speak at all on the uh, Narcan item? Um, I would actually. Uh, I've communicated with just about every bar in town. I can obviously speak firsthand um, 
for the red onion, uh, we've done the, uh, mental health training for bartenders. I, th- I think almost every bar staff has done that. And, um, that is a, a great thing to do. We also had John Hisher come in in the spring, um, and kind of go through the, the use of Narcan, Narcan, and he dropped off some test strips and, you know, that was the spring, um, so my communication, from my understanding, just about every bar in town does, Orion, um, does have Narcan and possibly test strips on hand. Um, so he dropped these off in the spring and it was fully my intention to have them out in bathrooms for event nights. And then, you know, you wake up like, like Skagway happens, you wake up and it's November. So it, it's it's important to me to try to take away something positive from every tragedy. And um, I'm going to make sure that we get those test strips out. I think Mayor Kramata's idea of getting them into seasonal housing is a brilliant idea. Um, p- people have to have a safe way to get these drugs tested. I think on the topic of drug mitigation, we might not know what does work, but I know what doesn't work. And that's just trying to, you know, do a message that says, don't do drugs. That doesn't work. And I really appreciate the time and effort that's gone into getting Megan there in Skagway for that presentation. Um, Megan, thank you for coming. And uh, Mira Kramata, thank you for making the effort to get um, them up there. Th- these are the kind of the pragmatic approaches to drug mitigation that that we need. It's it's drug use is not going away, and as Laura talked about, it's incredibly complex. So we need to make sure that people um, stay safe and um, have ex- access to those testing strips and Narcan. Um, but I can speak for the bars, and I know most of us, if not all, do have access to those. Um, resources. Okay. Thank you, Deb. Um, I don't have anything else on this topic. Orion, would you like to? No. Okay. Please. I move we postpone 6C, D, and E to unfinished business for a future meeting. Second. Second. Get a motion in a second. All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. We'll table those until our next meeting. Uh, we'll probably have one. In, we'll try to have it in about two weeks because some of these items we do need to uh, to get to have a discussion on and move some of these forward. So I'm going to try to have another one in you know beginning of February by the latest. So I want to thank everybody for coming. This is very much appreciated. Um, please, anything else that you feel that can be done or ideas that you may have, please bring those forward because I know just like Deb said, there are things that aren't going to work, but I know something that can work is if we all work together, we got a better chance. So thanks again. And um, God bless.